Welcome to Inspiring Change from Ocali, our forum of stories and connections from our ongoing work of inspiring change and promoting access for people with disabilities. I'm Simon Buer. When I was 12, I didn't know about disability. I didn't know how to how to play with a with a boy like my son. Ian was born in 2007, uh, and due to a lack of oxygen, Ian has a, a motor disability. Not only that, we had to work with uh, inclusion. Not only that. Um, we had to manage this angriness, uh, but also um, to be active in this in this way to get to society and to make society get involved. Uh, and we decided as a family to live, uh, like turning angriness into action. What does inclusion mean, and how does it happen? Well, like with almost anything, sometimes it helps if you start with a story. Stories are foundational. They're fundamental to our existence as human beings. Think about the best or most memorable moments from your life. I guarantee there's a story there, and probably one you and your family and friends enjoy retelling and reliving. I've been saying for years that formal education and even office drudgery would improve a thousandfold if you could somehow turn every task, assignment, or problem into an engaging and compelling narrative. I know that's not practical, but the point is that good stories are transformational. They can reach us at our very essence, at our core. They can impact and change who we are, what we know, what we believe. They're the social stitching that helps us connect, understand, and grow with each other. And given all the divides that divide us, perhaps building and sharing stories are some of the most important things that we can do for each other and for our society as a whole. Okay, so back to our original questions. What does inclusion mean, and how does it happen? For Sheila Grashinsky, the answer to both of these questions came through a literal story called The Gift. When I wrote the book, I was able to, to give it to many families and children and many parents helped our foundation buying the books. And I received during that year many, many pictures and messages of parents telling me that their sons had chosen that story to share at school when they have like uh, in Argentina, there is something very common. They ask for children to share uh, their favorite story, their favorite book. And they were all choosing uh, this book. And I am sure it's because they feel empowered. They feel they have a new knowledge and that they can help with that. And they want to share it. Okay, let's back so up just a little bit. Something very inspiring. Sheila Grashinsky. Sheila, did I pronounce that correctly? It's okay, Grashinsky. Grashinsky. You are doing very well. Okay, let me try it. Grashinsky. Yeah. Okay, better. 
She's the founder and president of Fundacion Ian, an organization in Buenos Aires focused on promoting a diverse and inclusive society. Sheila is the mother of four boys, the youngest of which, Ian, was the inspiration for the book The Gift, as well as the foundation that bears his name. And there's also a short animated film called Ian. You can watch it right now for free on YouTube. Search for Ian by C.G. Rose. That's C-G-B-R-O-S. If you've never seen it, go watch it. It'll be the best 10 minutes of your day. We sat down with Sheila to talk about her and Ian's journey and their ongoing efforts towards building inclusion, one reader, one viewer at a time. Ian was born in 2007. Uh, and due to a lack of oxygen, Jan has a, a motor disability, um, which empowers him to move and, uh, and talk and coordinate some, some movements. Jan is now 11 years old. It's been a, a long path. Uh, being a mother of a child with disability has a lot of uh, things to learn about. Uh, as I say, I, I had to learn about uh, medicine, uh, a lot about laws. Um, and I also, when talking about Jan and all his treatment, I also say that it's as it's, if I run like a small business at home, he has more than seven therapists that I have to coordinate and all the treatments. And uh, so <laughs> it's a, a tough work. <laughs> it's a lot. So tell us a little bit about the the, the film uh, was based in large part on uh, experiences that both of you had, you as, as Ian's mother and then yes. obviously himself going through um, schooling. So, uh, I'm sorry, he was born in 2007, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so, talk a little bit about those experiences and how they led to yes. not only the film, but the book as well. The short film, Jan, a moving story, which is based on a true story. You can find it in the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a short film. Uh, it's a, a nine-minute short film, animated short film. No excuses. Everybody can watch uh, it. <laughs> it has no language, only music mm-hmm. and uh, emotions. <laughs> so it's a, a wonderful piece to talk about uh, inclusion. And yes, as you were saying, it's all based on a true story. Being a mother uh, to a child with disabilities uh, puts you in front of uh, many barriers and obstacles you have to go through. And the short film was inspired on a true story going to a a rehabilitation center where my son would practice how to use a computer he manages with his eyes. With this computer, Ian can can talk and can communicate and play. Uh, And from my foundation, uh, we teach therapists how to use the computer. Uh, In Latin America, this was not known some years ago, I'm talking about like six years ago. So, so we brought he, this technology to Argentina. He was kind of a pioneer, like one of the first. Yes, he was the first uh, wow. children in our country using this uh, this uh, communicating system. Uh, by looking at the computer, he can activate different messages and he can also activate letters. So then he can write and communicate his idea. Uh, so I was taking him to a rehabilitation center where they would teach him how to use the, the symbols, symbolistics in order to talk. And in front of that center, there's a school 
a primary school. And the first time I took Jan, I could hear some children behind a window uh, laughing at Jan's disability. Of course, at Jan's at, and many other children that were getting to the treatment center. Um, so, well, I just uh, started working faster in order for him not to, to listen. Hmm. The second day, I went to the treatment center and saw the same situation. I started to sing at Jan and try once more not to be disturbed by the situation. And the third time, my son started to cry and uh, maybe I was not on my best day. So I got mad at it. And after leaving Jan at his uh, therapist, I I went through the I went uh, I crossed the street and knocked the door into the school. I was very angry. I wanted to speak with the principals, and in my head, I I remember I had many ideas and insults and uh, <laughs> <laughs> not happy things. <laughs> thinking, uh, and I waited for the principals to come, like five minutes which I think that were transforming for me. In a way, I was in the school waiting for the principals, surrounded by many children, some of them playing with balls, and in front, the treatment centers where I could see children getting in ambulances, uh, some of them needing oxygen to breathe, no noise, just the noise of the, of the strollers. And I asked myself, What was the difference those boys at school with 11 or 12 years had uh, from what I knew about disability when I was 11 or 12 years? And the truth is that uh, decades had gone through and there were no difference. When I was 12, I didn't know about disability. I didn't know how to, how to play with a, with a boy like my son. So I remember uh, getting out of the school um, getting to the, to the street and uh, crying for 45 minutes. That was the period my son was in his therapist, in his speech therapist. Uh, and then, well, I knocked the door at the rehabilitation centers. I got to Jan and told him that I've been at the school and that I realized that getting uh, uh, angry uh, at the children who were laughing uh, about his disability would be no answer to the situation, would be no solution. So I said, what do you think if we write a book to show those children that you are also a, a child who has rights, who wants to play, who can do many things if they help you? So we did that. We wrote a book that is called The Gift. And during a whole year, I took that book, like two or three examples when I would be with my son and if any situation, any children would laugh at him or would leave him apart, instead of getting angry, we would give him a book. And during a whole year, we could see how things changed and the child who would bully at him uh, after reading the book would get closer, uh, say hello, ask him if he was okay, if he wanted to play. So that was very inspiring for us and it showed us a path. Not only that we had to work with uh, inclusion, not only that um, we had to manage this angriness, uh, but also to be active in this, in this way to get to society and to make society get involved. Uh, and we decided as a family to live uh, like 
turning angriness into action. When I wrote the book, I was able to, to give it to many families and children and many parents helped our foundation buying the books. And I received during that year many, many pictures and messages of parents telling me that their sons had chosen that story to share at school when they have like a, in Argentina, there is something very common. They ask for children to share their favorite story, their favorite book. And they were all choosing uh, this book. And I am sure it's because they feel empowered. They feel they have a new knowledge and that they can help with that. And they want to share it. So that was something very inspiring. And especially when I saw that the same children that would laugh at Jan or that would not play with him after reading the book, they would get closer to my son, ask him questions, uh, telling other children about uh, Jan's abilities. So, so that's why after a year, uh, I started thinking to get to every home around the world. And today with children that they are uh, so active with the technology and, um, and like in this, the, to processing the information in, in this format, you would say in, in in this way, I thought about creating a short film. And uh, that's how Jan, a moving story was born. And it's based on a true story. It's the story behind the book. Mm -hmm. It's the story that made us write the book. It's the real story. And my son participated a lot uh, in creating the short film. I will always remember that uh, the producers, the short film producers, asked me if they could have some uh, points of view of Jan, how he felt that moment, what he would like the message to be. And Jan said that he felt he, he would love to being able to fly so he could go and hug the children that were bowling at him and tell them that it's not that he didn't want to play. It was that he couldn't, but if they help him, he would be able. We are all made of little pieces of our own experience, of our own life's experiences. And when inclusion occurs, when inclusion happens, uh, these piece, pieces mix up together and you can get some other pieces of a classmate or of a, and, and you grow as a person and society grows when including. I always say that the short film opens doors um, to talk about inclusion and it's a beginning uh, point it gets to emotions. So it provokes uh, children and teachers to go and reach the information through emotions, which is quite different as studying something or having to read about disabilities. You touch emotion and you make, uh, you provoke the desire to know more. Children with, without any kind of disability, raising up the hand and saying, many times I feel like Jan. <laughs> So imagine. <laughs> well, it's a universal story. I mean, I don't think it's limited to... To disability. Exactly, exactly. And that's, I mean, when we talk about community, I mean, that's, that's what we mean, right? Yeah. Community is all of us, and we see ourselves in Ian, and Ian is part of who we are. Um, I did want to ask you, Sheila, the decision not to have any language or speaking parts at all, I think... I believe was deliberate. Can you talk a little bit about why the film? Okay, I have another story for that. Great. Uh, I didn't know it, it didn't have any language until one day 
I went to the to the studio to Mundo Loco where the film was created. So one day I went there. They were going to show me some some advances and some new ideas. And uh, I met the the director. I told him, "Have you chosen the voice, Jan's mother's voice?" <laughs> and he answered me, "There's no voices. There's no language." And I said, "No way. How are you gonna?" transmit and show all what the mother thought and all her ideas and how worried she was and the love she had when he left his son. And he said, there are no words needed. But you know, it was a great decision because um, now we are getting to many people from different countries. I would say, I want this film to touch hearts, not only children's hearts, but I want to touch their parents' hearts um, directors of companies hard. I want to get to all places. All of us as part of a society should take into account uh, all about inclusion. What I love is that it started with a story. It was a story that made it possible. The books that you were handing out and now this this film, which has a universal appeal, it just speaks to the emotive, the 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 power that a story can have in yes. lives. Um, yes, and how it uh, this how it story made it possible to get together many people who started dreaming with us. It's been a lot of work and uh, a lot of commitment and a whole industry that got together uh, to work for inclusion. So that's a huge example for society in general. I love that you said that Ian was involved in the film. And I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about like what having his active involvement and his sort of well, guidance and perspective. Yes, he, I think that's an he important participated part during all the process. Uh, we've been working on the film for one year. As I told more than 50 uh, persons, artists working uh, on it after their, uh, their time, uh, after their working time. And yes, Jan um, took part from the very beginning when we asked him some questions, what he wanted uh, the short film to transmit, how he wanted to tell the story. He said he wanted to fly and hug. So that's how we decided how we were going to treat um, like, uh, and uh, made us decide to, to con construct the characters for small pieces. Um, well, he also went and saw how it was getting to the final product and the music and he was uh, he was an active part uh, of all the things including people we all win making uh, universal designs we all win it's not for that people that person with disability it's for the whole the society as a whole and I'm very convinced about that and being a mother uh, to Jan and my three other children and they go to an inclusive school and I can say that for Jan, uh, the school he goes, it's great. And of course, he had a lot of nice experiences. But the best is for Jan's classmates. They've learned something that changed their lives. They've been able to have a powerful story all days inside their classes. And those children are going to be very different. That was a conversation with Sheila Grashinsky, president and CEO of Fundacion Ian, 
an organization in Buenos Aires, Argentina, focused on promoting a diverse and inclusive society. You can learn more about their work and ongoing efforts at fundacionian, all one word, dot com. And that's F-U-N-D-A-C-I-O-N-I-A-N dot com. As you could probably guess, the native site is in Espanol, but most web browsers have free translation tools or plugins that will translate it into English. And again, you can watch Ian, the short animated film, on YouTube. Search for Ian, I-A-N, by C.G. Bros. That's C-G-B-R-O-S. Thanks again to Sheila for sharing her and Ian's story with us and for their continued and tireless efforts to promote a diverse and inclusive society. You're listening to Inspiring Change from Ocali, our forum of stories and connections from our ongoing work of inspiring change and promoting access for people with disabilities. Be sure to subscribe to Inspiring Change wherever you get your podcasts. And if you or someone you know needs an accessible version of this podcast, you can find the transcript at ocali.org slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our sister podcast, From My Perspective, hosted by my colleague and friend, Jen Bavery, from the Family and Community Outreach Center here at Ocali. Thanks again for listening to Inspiring Change, because the need for change is everywhere, and inspiration can come from anywhere. I'm Simon Buer. See you soon.